What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me again in the host spotlight, it's been some time, uh, Miss Rose Locke. Rose, how are you? I'm doing great, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you for and being here. And I have an update because it relates to Tim's sermon. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Last, <laughs> week, last week, Tim met my granddaughter, and we've talked about my granddaughter here before, who's mm-hmm. six months old. Well, the, she was six months old, and she started to crawl. And when Tim met her, she was crawling, but she was starting to pull herself up, right, two yep. weeks ago, yep. right? So she took her first faltering, holding on to a nice uh, pushing toy uh, just a couple of days ago. And so it began. So, yes. <laughs> and, that, yes. and that relates to the sermon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. You've heard him already. He's back with us. Uh, he made a comment just before recording that he's been the only consistent one on the podcast over the last four weeks. He's absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, Tim Sanford. Tim, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, too. Good, good. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Guys, let's jump into a, a Sunday in review. Rose, you and I are blessed to be here for his last like sermon spot, at least for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not um, very long, but, So the whole thing's been kind of wrapped up, but he'll be back. Um, I'll come your way first, and then, Tim, we'll see what you have for us. Okay. But So yeah, come look, my way with check, check your notes. Check yep, make notes. sure you're on the right page. Come, yeah. <laughs> come my way with what? So, um, well, I mean, I've enjoyed the series very much, but I, I told Tim before we started, I have lots of questions, as mm. always. And maybe you've covered them, and I missed it, but... Some of my questions are like, how, so you said there were 10 prayers. So how did you choose specifically these four? And Mm, why did you choose specifically these four? Was there something in that, in these particular four prayers that, that you felt like our congregation really needed to hear? That's one of the questions I have. Um, and then oh, you're gonna I, make me remember. This. <laughs> She's gonna no, no, I'll ask. Okay, you talk about that one, and then if we have time, uh, uh, I'll uh, ask uh, my uh, other question. Okay, okay, go for it. <clears throat> well, it was a combination of um, spiritual and unspiritual things. The unspiritual things were, I only had three sessions, and so I had to pick out of the ten and which ones could uh, w- would fit into that time slot, that time period kind of thing. So that's mm-hmm. the unspiritual. But the spiritual side of it is uh, those those particular three, I feel anyways, are extremely important to us as far as, again, what really matters, answering that question. Now, obviously, the other things that he's praying about matter. Some of those um, are prayers that have some level of link already. It, it, to me, it seemed like um, there was enough within those three passages that were distinct. There were also things that merged too, right? Um, mm. But there was enough things that were distinct that allowed us to kind of look at it in a fresh way every time. So mm. that's good. So we decided. He yeah. nailed that answer, Rose. <clears throat> right. Well, I feel he good was about like it. Anticipating that question <laughs> out of the park. Okay. Right. Well, my yeah. other question related to actually, I, I was telling this him I called. Walk, I think I called. I called. <laughs> I called Tim last week <clears throat> about a particular passage in Proverbs, and it had mm. to do with a pronoun and the plurality of the pronoun and how it mm. was referring to. Um, to three specific words. And those three words appear in this prayer again. And so I was just curious if um, Tim has any like exposition or any just thoughts off the top of your head on the relationship between knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Because we actually see those three words occur simultaneously a lot, like like together, close together, a lot in scripture. And Mm -hmm. I was interested, you you expounded on them a little bit because Mm -hmm. you talked about... um, the understanding, let's see, the, the understanding being kind of specific and the wisdom being a general yeah. idea. Yeah. But I just wondered, 
like your thoughts on those relationships between the three well, words? Well, uh, obviously they're all thought words, right? Like, so that to me is really important because of that whole thinking attitude actions. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> to me, knowledge becomes extremely important because with that word, we are, we seem, and I was trying to repeat it, <clears throat> excuse me, over and over again, but we seem to um, succumb to a belief that if I get an understanding in my head, and sorry, I'm using that word to talk about I know, and one, that but, you did that in yes, your sermon too, which is like later it's hard, on. It's yeah, hard to do all that. But, <laughs> but um, the, uh, you know, we use that so often thinking that if I have some level, like if I can articulate something about that, therefore I know something about it. And I say, well, that's true, right? But but really, I think what Paul is trying to get across there, and the Spirit of God obviously inspiring him to use that particular word for knowledge, is to tell us that it's got to go deeper. It's got to get down into the life of the individual. Mm-hmm. And that's really where we begin to know things, if you want to call it that way, right? So, so to me, that's a huge, I'll say that's the overlying word, but it's um, extremely important. Like, I don't think that it can just be like, oh, well, this kind of covers it all. It's not that. It kind of summarizes and points us right to something. Hmm. So then to me, wisdom then and and knowledge and the way that those words are being used, you know, you read through that kind of stuff and you see him repeat or he uses one after the other and you're thinking, well, like in the English, aren't they kind of the same? Well, they have subtle nuances, subtle differences. I think that if we'll dig down into those a little bit, not only do we have a greater understanding, but it brings out a richness to that as well. And you begin to realize that God is a very articulate God, right? Like he's precise in what he says. I'm, I try to be, because as a teacher, you're trying to communicate a certain truth, right? Like, um, but all too often are, um, well, uh, I don't know what the exact uh, uh, numbers are, but I heard one time how many words Shakespeare understood, Mm. knew, in the thousands. And then how many we in our generation actually know, and it's several thousand kind of a thing. Like, it's so different, Mm. right? And every word has a subtle difference, a subtle nuance to it. That Whether they're negative or positive. And the interesting thing is how those words change over time. Yes, that's important too. the word rhetoric, you know, is a a great example of that, Mm. right? So we think of political rhetoric as this negative thing, but rhetoric really was simply the art of speaking or persuading, right? In its original intent. But over time, that word has developed this negative um, connotation to it. And so I think like when we're when we're looking at it was very hard for you to define later in your sermon the word knowledge without using the word understanding. Mm-hmm. And yet here there as there's three separate things. And right. I know we're getting kind of deep in the weeds of it, but I think it's it's kind of an interesting um, thing that came out in your sermon. Well, it's to it's worth bit. doing that with the word of God too, because it's inerrant and because right. it's true. And right. we're not guessing, oh, well, you know, well, I wonder what Tim meant by that. Well, he was reading a prayer and we can go right. to, you know, God yeah. didn't drop the ball with yeah. this sentence and this phrasing. Right. And so it, we can get down right. into it. Yeah. And, and it's easy. In fact, mm-hmm. it's like, I just took the time to look up those words and look mm-hmm. into them and try to figure out how they're being used and that kind of stuff. But that's not difficult to do. Mm-hmm. We have enough scholars work out there that can really help mm. us with that kind of stuff. But what I love about it is that those words are telling us he um, has a general aspect to that and a specific aspect. And so that both are being covered in the sense of mm. like God can give me, quote, an understanding in something that's specific, wisdom in regards to the whole of that and how all those pieces play together and how that actually works out in my life. And so th- there's some... 
like maybe I'm just a wordy, you know, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think of myself that way, but I know when teaching, it's mm. like those things become important to us. It's like we use the word uh, comprehend in, uh, at least my version had comprehend. Mm. And I was saying probably a better word is apprehend because to me, that word means that I get a hold of that. I just don't comprehend it in my head, but I get mm. a hold of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think I, I think I, I focus on those words because you have been so emphasizing thinking, attitude, and action. Yeah. And so um, when we uh, try to define, and is it possible? But when we try to define the word thinking, um, then we we start talking about knowledge, right? And we start talking about understanding and mm -hmm. wisdom. And so to me, those words have been really important words in yeah. your in your series. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. they are. Because again, they delve in the realm of the mind, right? And that's where he's so often, let this mind be in you, which was also, well, what is that? What is What mind is he talking about here? And we have to understand some of that in order to know, oh, well, he's talking about me walking in humility, right? Like that's, the, that's where my mindset ought to be. Hmm. I've never really actually thought of this before until one day it was kind of like, um, well, God's a humble God. And when I thought that, I thought, well, that... That's almost like, can you say that about God? Like, how do you do that? But I define humility as seeing myself the way God sees me. So if humility is that, and then there's an accuracy to that then, well, then God sees himself exactly the way that he is. So there is no room for pride. He doesn't, he's not inflated in his view of himself, right? He right. knows who he is mm -hmm. and he sees himself exactly right. And then he shares that with us and he tells us who he is and we get the opportunity to get a hold of that if we choose to believe what he says or to let go. And as believers, we have decided to choose to believe what he says about our salvation. But it's amazing to me then how we go wonky down the path of life and forget that kind of stuff, even though we've, quote, understood it in the beginning anyways. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that that plays itself out in so many ways in so many lives. And I, I work with students and, and young adults, and it's still, they're in the early stage of forgetting. Yeah. At, at times when we're engaging yeah. in conversations. And so it helps to to be reminded and remember, you know, all of these things. But it just speaks to the importance of the, the Word of God um, being a regular part of our yes. life. And there's not a one and done. Sure. I, I've told the students, I said, it's going to, the devil's going to want you to think you accept Jesus as Savior that ends your dynamic with God. Sweet, I'm going to, I'm going to heaven. That starts a, a relationship. Mm -hmm. It starts a dynamic with yeah. God, and there's so much more. I've challenged our young adults. What else do you believe about Jesus? Right. What What else do you believe about this guy, this living God who sits on the right hand of Father God? We start to think about it in the context of a living, moving, breathing right. relationship, and that's, again, where Scripture yeah. as old as time is still as yeah. relevant as ever, which is cool. And the reality of that answer, like, what else do you believe about mm -hmm. God? I think they have to say, well, how do I act? Mm -hmm. That's going to tell me now, because otherwise you're left in this mm -hmm. vacuum of like, okay, so now what, what mm -hmm. else? Well, I believe he's loving. Well, I believe he's kind. Well, And you can start spewing out sure. facts, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But do you really believe that? Well, I found that there are times when I, like, for example, I say, well, God's good. Only there's issues coming to my life that I don't like that, and then I begin to question. Hmm. Well, wait a minute. I thought I believed that. So why am I questioning that now? Because I really didn't believe it. I right. knew it here because the word said it. Or sometimes we say hmm. it because we know that we're acting in a certain way, and yes. we know we need reminded of that fact. Yes, you know? And I, I've often said to my husband, you know, mm -hmm. it's amazing to me. You'll sit back and you'll hear people complain about 
systemic this you know you'll hear people complain about the government or the school yeah. board or whatever yeah. and they'll sit back and they'll espouse these truths that they believe but mm. then when they they're not acting in those right. ways they're not right. voting that way or they're not you know i believe everybody should be involved in government well if you do believe that then are you involved in government i mean i'm just right. using that right. as sure. an example right. because that's a, an area where i see it a lot in my life but i do think that that a lot of times we say we believe something and then don't live right. our lives that right. way, which means we don't really believe it. Well, yeah, right? and and what also means is that we're walking in deception, right? Mm -hmm. Like we think that we do, so therefore <laughs> we say, mm -hmm. "Oh, well, I understand all of mm -hmm. this stuff," and it's hard for us when our actions don't line up with that. It's hard for us at times to be uh, truthful enough to say, "Well, I guess then I don't." So now, once I am uh, true about that. Now I've got to go back to God. Okay, Lord, your word says that you're good. I've doubted that. Will you teach my heart more about what that means? Show me that. And it's not so much a show me, like sometimes we're like, well, I just want God to show me all this. And there's a, I'll say a certain selfish or self-centered mindset that comes with that. But there's this, um, Lord, you say that you're good. You're worthy of praise I want to see that goodness. Why? Because I want to praise you. Like that's sure. what should be coming out. But Worship there, should be coming out. But there is a, a maturity result. in that. You know yes. what I mean? That you don't right. necessarily see in young believers that's until good, they've yes. been discipled in that, right? right? And so that brings me to one of my next things. I think <laughs> that you um, <clears throat> transition, right? I think, I think that you defined discipleship for us and you defined it in a really intriguing way. And I'll say that because I got my, um, I got my retirement uh thing this week in the mail okay. and uh, my retirement investment account has gone down like double mm. digits yeah. in the last year. Um, so that's been in my mind a little bit. And then you said that discipleship mm. is, an, is, a, is an investment and you said it's a spiritual investment. And then that's you right. said we get to make the spiritual investment and then sit back and watch God compound interest. Yeah. And so I've been like thinking about my retirement account and I've been thinking <laughs> about that analogy that you shared. <laughs> And how sometimes we, we, we pour into people and we don't really get to see that investment right, right. away. You know right. what I mean? Um, which brings us back to that it's God yes. who's going to compound that interest yes. for us. So I just wondered if you wanted to expand on in your role of pastor of discipleship a little bit, um, how you see these prayers practically playing out as we interact with other Christians who don't have the maturity to do what you just sure. said they yeah. should do. Sure, yeah. Yeah, to me, so... An example would be that I that I would know the love of God, right? I think this is a classic problem that we all struggle with. And so I think it's pretty stereotypical that an individual that I'm going to be engaging with from a discipleship kind of um, perspective is going to struggle with the love of God. Mm -hmm. They're going to struggle with believing that he loves them, understanding what love looks like, meaning that all too often we're confused with the feelings uh, that come along with love, right? Versus like, you know, John says, well, this is love that you keep my commandments, right? Like he records that for, for the Lord. So we get some of that kind of stuff messed up. So I feel like mm. these are things that we can look at and say, okay, picking that one as the example, this is something that's probably a need. I think all of those are needs of the heart for us. So can I begin to interact with somebody and ask some questions and look for what is their life showing me? What, what can I help them to see then and realize, okay, that you're struggling here with it. Why? 
because the love of God actually has a huge impact in our in the way that we live, right? That whole performance mentality, that's an issue that comes along with that. Fear of God, and I don't mean the reverential fear. I'm talking about like what we would call fear. You know, I'm afraid of God in that kind of a way. Well, how does the love of God then, as it begins to combat that kind of stuff, how does it then practically start showing up in my life? And uh, I just think that ultimately that brings out a freedom that the Lord wants for us to walk in. He has declared himself to be a God of love. The enemy of our souls loves to confuse all of that. Our own heart nature loves to go contrary to that because of the sin. The world, no, he doesn't love you. Why mm. would he love you, right? Like, so all of those things are downward degrading, but God lifts us up, always lifts us up. And um, yeah, and just shows himself. And then our hearts are amazed again at, wow, he actually loves me. And the more I realize how unlovable I am, and yet he does that, the more it speaks to the greatness of God. He's, mm -hmm. he, he loves me. And it's not just like, oh, I got to love these people. It's, no, it just pours out of his heart, right? Well, I think there's, there's a similarity between discipleship and evangelism in, in that it can be a mistake to assume God's not already present. To, to evangelize and say, I have to bring God to somebody, instead of talking to someone and asking God, what, if, what are you already doing in this person's life? What are some of the signs of the, the Jesus-sized hole in their heart they might have? Right. Discipleship is the same thing. They're not a task or a project that you're bringing God to and hammering them with. Instead, right. it's getting to know them relationally and, and discerning what what is going on in their life that, that godly truth can right. speak towards. And, and in that, it's it's comforting to, to, to understand the breadth and depth of, of an omniscient and omnipresent God. Yeah. And so that's where the wisdom and knowledge also plays in, right? Mm -hmm. Because, okay, from a, from a large scale, we use wisdom. What, do we, what are we wise in? Well, we know from the Word of God that the Spirit of God is in this world, right, to convict this world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We know because the Word of God says that. So that's, that's a broad perspective where we're applying wisdom then in that moment. Sure. But then there's also understanding as we start asking that person, we begin to find out that there's a specific issue that's going on in their life, a mm. struggle. How do I bring that to bear on this particular truth and let that truth mm -hmm. impact this or actually help them. And that's where the investment that you're talking about. And that's why okay. uh, it, we get to sit back in the sense of we have to remember that it is not our job or ability even to, I want to say this carefully, but uh, it's, uh, we talk about tying truth together with practice. Well, mm -hmm. I can attempt to do that by teaching that, but at some level I am hindered. Every person is hindered because that's the spirit of God's job to do that. And that's where the sit back and watch and see him right. compound and that. And that's that. so hmm. freeing, right? In a sense, because sometimes when we engage yeah. with other people, and they bring a need to us, we have this human prideful response of, oh, I have to fix that mm, for right. them. You know what right. I mean? I have to make them believe the truth, or I have to connect them with the yes. right book, or I have yes. to connect them with the right pastor, whatever yes. mode comes to our limited minds yep. to fix it for them, where it's really God mm -hmm. changing their hearts. That's right. And we get to have the enjoyment yes. of watching that unfold That's in right. front of our eyes yep. and walking through that process with them. Because walking through that process with somebody simply 
um, at least for me, encourages me in my own walk. That oh, yeah. like, look mm-hmm. what God did for yes. them, and look at yes. look at the maturity they've shown in this hard situation, and yeah, you know, and also yeah. look at what God's still doing with them too. Yeah. I, I mean, the, what makes the best leaders in the church, but being good followers of Jesus Christ, and and the humility that at least has come for me personally from pastors here of just like. They're they're on a journey too. Like here's what I've learned so far. Here here's right. the here's the things the Lord's been showing me lately. And to to get to kind of um, co peer coworker level with some of these guys too to say here's what I'm going through. Here's what I'm going through. Like it's such a it's a breath of fresh air to be to see the Lord do that in so many lives and not see it as this. Oh, they've attained it. Yeah. And we're here, right? Paul mentioned until we attain the maturity, and right. w- the drive is there. The the walk of sanctification is there, and so when we can make that known, it's one question I had for you, Tim. Is like you, no one's going to question that you love this stuff, dude. When you're up there preaching <laughs> and teaching, you get animated, you're yeah. moving, you're yeah. hooping and hollering. Yeah. But that's forty two minutes and then done, right? So like to see it wait, happen, forty two. Yeah, I thought it was 45 or 50. Isn't wait, that what? what? You wait, you, they let him go 50? <laughs> anyway. I'm just working the Yeah, angle. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard he's gone long before. Oh, no, they try to put the, they try to put the, the time negative, up there. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like it's, like it's it less, goes red. you know, yeah. so that I get a few extra minutes if I go yeah. over it. It's but, all mind games. See, she's trying to mess with my oh, thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, that's, that's classic, that classic. She's, she's jotting down notes right now. Uh, we'll, we'll hear it. He knows it, so uh, yeah, yeah, he now knows yeah, I know yeah. that he knows it, so I know that he knows that I know that he knows it. <laughs> my question for you, though, is now that the sermon series is over, you, you've been here more than a couple months at this point, like, yeah. what, what has it, are you motivated and encouraged to see this take root in the congregation? Are you hopeful for that? Have there been conversations that oh, have been sure. an encouragement to you? For sure. I, I feel like, um, and these are just, these are just things that I know about mm-hmm. and that are tangible to me. Sure. But I know, uh, I feel like in engaging with the elders, understanding where their heart is at and loving to see that stuff, right? Cool. Yeah, I see that on the executive team as well. I see that in like so we've started a new discipleship ministry team. Yeah, um, trusting God. I'll, I'll say these are different ones. Community group ministry team. These are ones that I call hubs, where um, now women in the Word are. They're starting a whole discipleship aspect too. These become hubs where God can radiate out from. Next level, next mm-hmm. level, next level, next level. And um, mm-hmm. I believe uh, there's cool. no doubt in my mind that this is what the Lord has and wants for us as believers, not just for FBC, but for us as sure. believers, right? And um, it just becomes a matter of let's let's trust the Lord for hungry hearts. Let's trust the Lord for those who are kind of wavering on hungry heart. Mm. Let's trust the Lord for those who don't know that they have a hungry heart. (laughs) And then let's trust the Lord for those who don't have a hungry heart, but that can change, right? Mm -hmm. And and believing God for that. And I think especially those who have a hungry heart, as God begins to work in their life, and then they begin to impact another life. Mm -hmm. And you see that, again, that ripple effect, that snowball effect going on there. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, it's just, it's front row seats watching what God's doing. Mm -hmm. Not being an expert, not having, not the guru, not the like, we're going to make this happen. It's just simple people walking in fellowship with the Lord, wanting for Him to be glorified, glorified in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, then He gets the honor from all of that stuff, right? It's just yeah. simple. Yeah, that's awesome.
So I have one. Can I jump on one thing? Please you do. Guys have, unless you have. I looked at Rose. I only had I have, one I question. Have, I have. I, I could ask questions all day because that's my bench. <laughs> okay. But but can go I, you go it. now? So I'm going to give you like it. one more. Oh, okay. I mentioned this. I think at least in one of the sessions. Mm, I okay. don't think I mentioned it in all of them. Well, I know I didn't. This Saturday weekend night. or one yeah. of the Sunday? No, okay, this okay. weekend. Yeah. And it has to do with the phrase "walk worthy of the Lord." And I, I think I mentioned to the two on Sunday that um, Sunday morning I woke up and it was just bugging my mind, I think. And so I went and looked up like, okay, where does this word walk show up? <laughs> and I just want to read these real quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I jotted them down. Ephesians, I hope. Is well, I, I actually don't have the references. But Ephesians you, 5. They're Ephesians all over 5. the place. Okay. Because <laughs> I looked L- it up. <laughs> listen to this. Listen, here's 16, okay? Listen to... So when we talk about walking yeah. worthy, right? In a, in a, like worthy of the Lord, what does that mean? Well, here's some of the things that that means. To walk in light. To not walk as the unbelievers walk. To walk in the spirit. To walk in love. To walk by faith. To walk in newness of life. Uh, not to walk according to the flesh, to walk properly, to walk in good works, uh, to not walk in the futility of our minds. There's like each of these can be studied out mm-hmm. and they all have their own depth. Mm-hmm. To walk thoughtfully, to walk in unity, to walk in wisdom, not to walk disorderly, to walk according to his commandments, to walk in truth. I mean, you know, if you're sitting here going like, what does it really mean to walk worthy of the Lord? Well, there's a good place to start. Just go look up every time the word walk is used. And sometimes it's actually, you know, like stand up and walk kind of thing. But a lot of times it has to do with this way in which we order our life. That's what we're talking Mm -hmm. about with that term, right? The how do I conduct my life? How do I walk? That's what he's saying with that. And uh, so, for example, walking in the Spirit. Well, if I don't understand the ministry of the Spirit of God in my life, how he's wanting to engage with me, I'm like Samuel, you know, Eli, hey, I hear this voice in in the night. Where are you at? What do you want? Go back to bed. I didn't call you, right? Because he just doesn't understand. Well, that's the Lord. So you answer him, right? Like, Hmm. oh, so now we begin to learn that the Spirit of God is alive and well within our being, and he wants to walk with us, which means he wants for us to order our life around him. Well, what does that look like, right? Hmm. Well, he's going to say, well, walk in truth. So he's going to want me to live a life that's consistent with truth, not in the shadows of truth, and certainly not in the darkness of truth, right? Mm -hmm. That can be difficult for us, Hmm. but he's going to teach us little by little. And so that becomes, again, characteristic of our life then, as opposed to characteristic we walk in the flesh, where it's just constantly, it's Tim being displayed here in my mortal body, not Mm -hmm. the Lord. Two different things, Hmm. right? Right. And I think, um, I mean, I'll just circle it back to then how we act, right? So um, the I thought what you said at the end of your sermon about um, abiding with Christ and staying connected to Christ mm. so then we can bear fruit, yeah. you know what I mean? And then we yeah. can begin to minister to other people. I just thought was great. Yeah. And I'm wanting to go there and spend some time there really mm. thinking about that kind of, you know, no fruit or fruit yes. or more fruit yes. or much <clears throat> fruit and mm. um, their connection to the vine yeah. and yeah, living uh, out life as a branch. Yeah, was- that, that's one of my favorite passages actually. And in part, it's because there has been so much uh, abuse of that passage. There's uh, two verses in there. One of them I touched on at least in one of the sessions where the one who doesn't bear fruit 
my version says he takes away, right? Well, I interpret that as you're gone, you're out of here, right? So if I'm already struggling with the insecurities mm -hmm. of can I lose my salvation yeah. or whatever, so now if there's no fruit, however I determine that, that to, be, to be, right? Yeah. Oh my word, I'm in jeopardy. So now I'm walking in fear as opposed to a passage Freedom. that's yeah, that's mm -hmm. really telling me, oh, what beauty there is in staying connected to the vine. And then later on it says, you know, that when that happens and men come along and gather them and they're cast into fire. And people say, see, that's what happened. That's hellfire. That's hell. It's got to yeah. be, right? Yeah. And it's like, no, wait a minute. There's no place in scripture that tells us that men come along and get other men and into throw hell. them into hell. There's yeah. no place. But we immediately go down that road. Mm -hmm. So it's two verses that kind of get us to go off track instead of, wait a minute, that takeaway is like, it's a gentle word. It's a careful moving away from the from the dirt, from the defilement that keeps mm -hmm. this plant from actually producing what it's supposed to produce and getting it back into the sunlight, getting it stronger by sometimes attaching it to another plant or or to a you know a post or whatever, but to strengthen that so that now it can actually begin to do what it's designed to do, produce, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. It's the same with same with James two. Faith without works is dead. We get caught up and hung up. Yes. But the, there, there's beauty in in participating. Right. But that idea of faith being dead is it, it's useless. Not that it right. doesn't exist. Not that you don't belong right. to God. But right. it's like a fallow it, field. It, it's, right. it's just laying there. It's just but it's laying not there. Actually. Yeah. Yes. I do think mm. that that um, that distraction that you guys just described, and this is probably a discussion for another day. But I have seen I have seen that over and over again when people. Um, believe that by judging someone's actions, they can determine how much faith they have or if they right. have faith at all. Right. I have seen that attitude subtly destroy relationships yes. and organizations. So I do think that it's yeah. that's an important yeah. point you make, but it's a discussion for another day. So. Yeah. Hmm. It is very important because context of, the, of some of those verses, what is he talking about? And um, the whole performance mentality that comes with that stuff, too. Mm. It's good. We could talk all day. <laughs> yeah, we could. Okay. Tim, thank you for being here, dude. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. A I've privilege enjoyed it. each and every week. Even Rose? You, I, yeah. I chase all you guys off. I know. You, you hit vacation season. You're, you're so faithful, dude. I just appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah. No, no. Mark just didn't tell me this was vacation season. <laughs> <laughs> he just that's said, true. Like, you want to teach? That's oh, yeah, it. yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a new hire, Hazing, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, that's um, what it is. Rose, yeah. uh, this is the part where I turn to somebody much wiser than oh. I. Okay. Understands more than I. Oh, so uh, oh I thought you were. No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely you. Uh, about what, what's coming up okay. at Fellowship. Oh, so, so just, many exciting things. Yeah, are I figured you'd like, know. <laughs> just, just some really cool stuff. We're going to really dive into the core values next because. Cool. Um, well, part of it is, if you've watched the trailer, we've been showing it all, right? Our mm -hmm. church's mission statement, prepare and deploy dependent disciples. Um, having Tim mm -hmm. talk about the things that are important when you're considering discipleship and building into others' lives. And we're going to follow on the heels of that what really matters to us as a church, which we have always called our core values, mm -hmm. right? And you've seen those in front of the room. You've seen those appear in the back of the room. So Mark Carey's really going to unpack those for us over the next five weeks. It's going to be really great. We have a lot of different, um, interesting uh, people and readings that are going to happen. So you really will want to try to come and be part of the body on the next 
um, those next weeks, although every week you should, right? Mm. Um, and then Mark Carey, I think he's announced to everybody he's going to dive into the book of Acts, but mm. Tim is going to kick us off in that series. Yep. So we're going to hear from Tim again yep. on September 11th. Yep. Awesome. Um, and uh, there's just a ton of um, new ministries starting right this morning at the staff meeting. They mm-hmm. talked about classes, workshops, like if you want to get plugged yeah. in and learn about the Word of God, we got lots of opportunities yep. for you to do that. A lot of opportunities, fbcva.com is where you can find all that. As a reminder to our viewers and listeners, Sermon Spotlight pops right up on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us all over the place. The fact of the matter, everybody's at sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Till next week, much love, God bless.